And I wonder if they ever did it with video game things because they did it with a lot of comic book shit. Yeah. I feel like Street Fighter would have made a lot of people happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. You know what else makes a lot of people happy? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. Alongside with me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today we are reading, recapping, and reviewing what is potentially the first video game novelization ever written. 1984's Shadowkeep, written by the king of tie-in novelizations, Alan Dean Foster, and based on the game, the same name by Spinnaker Software. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. We had to we had to hit our one year anniversary before we finally did this thing. Yeah, we had to die and this is this is a this is a deep cut right here. This well, I mean, deep. we actually had to talk to Seth Godin himself before we even knew yeah. that this was the Seth one. Godin who worked for Spinnaker Software at the time. Right. The only reason we knew about this is because we talked to Seth Godin about the worlds of power. And he's like, oh, yeah, this wasn't the first time I did novelizations for like I was involved in, in getting the uh, the Shadowkeep novelization uh, off the ground. And I was like, we're oh, like, oh sure. Shadowkeep. Right. Sure. And he goes, Shadowkeep, you know, right. the first ever video game novelization. And it was like, <laughs> oh, I see. So this is oh. relevant. Oh, OK. Sure. All right. Uh-huh. Sure. So I knew that. Uh, would you like to know more? Right. Um, and, and we did. And we did. We did like to know more. So uh, just a little bit about the game. Um, so Shadow Keep, it was released in 1984 for the Apple II. Uh, it was uh, published by Spinnaker Software. And its claim to fame is the first video, uh, computer game to ever be novelized, have a tie-in novelization. And um, they got... Uh, the reason behind that is they they wanted to get um they wanted to get Alan Dean Foster involved because at the time he was involved in basically all sci-fi and fantasy tie <laughs> novelizations so they're like all right we're launching this thing the only way it's going to launch proper to, properly is if we get a a a, a tie-in novelization to come out alongside of it um so yeah, the game is pretty simple, straightforward. You choose, you create your party, um, you give them their names, their stats. It's basically D and D like, um, and it's a first person dungeon crawl as you go through Shadowkeep, fighting monsters, and eventually uh, come face to face with Dalbrad, the uh, the ultimate demon villain of the game. And that's pretty much it. There's yeah. there's really no NPCs to speak of except for a uh, innkeeper that you talk to at the beginning of the game who you uh, write down your name and your stats and all that stuff. It's just it's just a it's like the precursor to a lot of these like the you know the eye of the beholder and and things like that. These first person dungeon crawly D and D like uh, computer games. Yeah, you you look at it and you get the impression that. Yeah, the the classic gold box D&D CRPGs wouldn't be, you know, <clears throat> the games they were without things like Shadowkeep. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, Phil, tell me a little bit about Alan Dean Foster. Who the heck a- is this guy? <laughs> Alan Dean Foster writes like Jason Momoa fucks. <laughs> like, prolifically 
and and presumably with a, with a more than fair share of skill. Uh, <laughs> this dude is like probably the most prolific author we've covered uh, yes. in 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 our whole series. This guy not only is he like the grand poobah of novelizations. He was the original novelization to uh he wrote the original novelization for Star Wars. Uh they gave they he was the ghostwriter. They gave the credit to George Lucas. Uh and he even, you know, people asked him if if that, you know, stuck in his craw and he was like, "Nope, nope. I, I got I got to know that I wrote that and that's all that matters to me." Um he wrote the novelization for Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and then jump forward like two decades, Alien Covenant out of the clear <laughs> blue sky. Uh, he wrote the novelization for um, a Star Trek animated series uh, that I wasn't aware of. Uh, I guess this was in the 70s. Mm. And uh, he actually has a story credit for the Star Trek movie. And then he wrote the movie novelization for the 2009 Star Trek. So not only does he and oh, oh yeah, and he wrote the novelization for Star Wars: The Force Awakens, uh, the thing, Crawl, which is going to come into play with the book we're reading now, Dark Star, uh, The Last Starfighter, Starman, The Dig, Chronicles of Riddick. I think the and all this, by the way, while he's writing a shit ton of genre classics now, like uh, the Spellsinger series, uh, Human X Commonwealth, Montezuma Strip, like all of these original series on top of everything else. The dude is a graphomaniac. He, he, it's insane. And that, and on top of that, Terminator, Transformers, uh, the goddamn Dinotopia uh, universe. You remember that? Did you, re- they, they, they would have co- yeah. commercials on TV for this Dinotopia series. He wrote for that. Um, for that, the dude is a workhorse, and uh, and people love him. And I think I was telling you before the show. I think what's really interesting is a lot of these novelization people. Uh, they start out uh, in a certain time period, and they have a hot streak, and then they kind of uh, fall out, you know. And 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 they have and they go off and do their own thing for a little while, and they don't do much many more of the work for hire stuff. Right. Um, Alan Dean Foster has consistently worked uh, yeah. through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and aughts. Uh, like, like I said, he 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 wrote the Dark Star novelization. He wrote the Force Awakens novelization. Like, he's yeah. all over the damn place. Yeah, it's, so it's 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 remarkable. How many decades is that? 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s aughts, aughts, teens, aughts, teens. I don't I don't see six. anything in the 2020s. Oh. But so, uh, at least five decades. Yeah, five five decades, six if if he has published something in the last couple of years. But yeah, and which I'm sure he has. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You look at his bibliography and we've seen that with our interviews with these guys. These guys cannot be stopped. They, w- they will write forever. They will write. Yes. They, they have pen will write. Exactly. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in, in a big way. And I mean, the guy is the guy is still up and kicking. And uh, I might know because we may have spoken to him. We may have we may have reached out to him. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We've gotten lucky before. Hmm? We've gotten lucky before. So, yes. uh, Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, So 
this book, um, the neat thing about this book, as I was researching the game, is like there's no real story in the game itself other than go kill big bad. <laughs> okay, that's what I wanted because I had trouble finding any Let's Plays of this because there's a Destiny 2 expansion yes. called Shadowkeep. Yes, Shadowkeep is a Destiny 2 expansion. Let's put that out up front. We're right. not talking about Destiny 2 in this in this series. We're talking about the original Shadowkeep. Oh my God. Not How the many Shadow angry Keep. Destiny nerds oh, discover us oh. because of this? <laughs> I want... To, I, I, will, I would like them to stay and listen. To Absolutely. Maybe, maybe they'll learn something about something that isn't Destiny 2. Who knows? I mean, a lot of people like Destiny 2. So maybe this is like, and by the way, it's not on purpose. It's a total accident. We didn't know that Destiny 2 had a Shadow Keep expansion until like 15 minutes before we started recording. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back the, off, man. Back off, man. We're we're ancient nerds. We're talking about the CRPG. We're talking about the C, of course, by Spinnaker Software. Yeah, that heard of it. Heard of it much, man. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm really list. I like the fact that they call our main character man a lot. Yes, because because they're saying it as if it's like man, as in he's a he's a human, right? right. They're calling him man, but I'm like. Every time I hear it, it's I hear it like as if it's the dude like right. man. And, <laughs> and that comes into play with the first character that we notice him do it, which we'll get to. But we'll get. Yeah, to it. we don't want to get ahead you think of ourselves. That you're getting into some weird slang here in a fantasy <laughs> world. So uh, chapter one, let's just dive right into it. Let's do um, it. chapter one is set in the city of. Sassabri, and some of these names, I'm just guessing how they're pronounced because whatever. Um, there right. is a there's a mysterious this mysterious figure is riding a horse through town. Um, it's actually a mule. Sorry, it's a mule. It's like part mule and part it's it's purple it's, it's, demon it's, thing. It, it well no it, it it they said a donkey mixed with an okapi and an okapi an okapi is a striped like. It's like related to a giraffe, but it looks more like a horse. Um, All right. This is embarrassing for me. I just, oh my God, that's adorable. (laughs) I thought I saw, I heard Okapi and I was like, yeah, sure. Fantasy demon crap. Right. No, no. No, It's it's, an actual animal. It's an actual animal. It looks like it's (sighs) almost a zebra. It's like somebody, somebody, somebody started making a zebra and gave up. Oh, they sure did. They went, they they got really enthusiastic in the character creation for this animal for about five minutes. It's like, it's and then they big. went, fuck it, start the game. So if you don't want to look it up, the, the Okapi is basically, it's like horse sized, except uh-huh. it is clearly a, in the giraffe family because it's it has a like a, it has a giraffe head. It's just like, w- imagine a giraffe, but with regular proportions and its butt is is butt is that of a zebra? You got no copy. <laughs> I'm so glad that you that you actually knew this because I now have a new favorite animal. This is adorable. Oh, like oh, just you just almost a zebra, but not quite. Right? <laughs> what a cutie! 
<laughs> okay, so half donkey or half mule, whatever. It's, half, like, okay. it's like it's a mule that that is cro- a cross between a donkey and an okapi, I believe. Okay, because mules tep- typically are donkey and horse uh, yes. crossbreed. Yes, that's right. This and is and the, so this is donkey and okapi. Those two does that pairing work? I don't know. Don't think about it. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about, about it. it. <laughs> Who cares? Um, so he's uh, he's riding through town. People are kind of like uh, they're kind of weirded out by him. Um, just this 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 person in a in a heavy gray cloak can't even see their their features or their hands or whatever. Um, very ethereal, and he is looking for a man named. Shone Stelft. What a name, uh, by the what way. What a name. That is a that is a juicy name. Shone Stelft is the town blacksmith, but at one time he was the greatest hero anyone had ever known. It's true. Um so basically the stranger is known as the spinner. Um and there's really like I said, you there's think no that descript- has something to do with spinnaker. Like that's a yeah, sure. I think I sure. think it was like a <laughs> Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Fuck it. Why not? Let's <laughs> let's say that the the spinner is 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 based on Spinnaker, which was the producer of the game, because the spinner is the one who is the producer of this story for the, the right. most part. <laughs> right, precisely. The spinner is like some weird interdimensional being, um, and he needs a hero. I need yes. a hero. <laughs> Spinner's um, holding out for a hero till the end of the night. Yes, literally. Um, <laughs> literally. Basically, he needs someone to go into Shadowkeep and stop the demon Dalbrad because wouldn't you know it, Shadowkeep, the dark fortress that everyone knows. Everyone is, knows Shadowkeep. Everyone, everyone knows Shadowkeep and they know not to go there. And it was a fortress built by a wizard with a really mouthful of a name, Gorwither. Gorwither, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's one you say out loud, and you're like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't care for that one." Gorwither built the fortress of Shadowkeep to to so that nobody would bother him while he was studying time and space. That's Which <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> And interdimensional portals. And so Gorwither is like fucking about. He's basically Rick. He's Rick from Rick and Morty. He's totally Rick. (laughs) And he's just in his in his little castle he built uh, that's filled with traps. And he's studying his portals, his interdimensional portals. And uh, whoops, he accidentally opened one. And uh, Demon King Dalbrad came through. And now, and Dalbrad has captured Gorwither and is using Shadowkeep as his base of operations. To summon a demon army to take over the world. And uh, the spinner is also from one of these other dimensions that Gorwither opened. And the spinner's like, "Um, yeah, I don't have my power here in this dimension. So I need to hold out for a hero till the end of the night. Sure. And that hero is shown stealthed because that's who everybody has been pointing to. And it's literally it. He's like been talking to people all over the place. Like you want Shone Stealth. You want Storn Starf. You want you want uh, Shane Schnarf. You want That's Schnarf. the guy. That's the Schnarf. dude. Schnarf. Schnarf. Uh, <laughs> 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 and the 
spinner, you know, travels all the way there and Joan Stealth is like, yeah, not going to do that. <laughs> right. Which is what which is what you get when you, I just love that. In It's kind of like it starts out as this very no frills sword sorcery quest where it's like, I need a hero to go to this tower, defeat the demon. Got it. It's very it's very of its time. This is written in 1984. This is very of its time. And it's not it's not like too multifaceted. But then you get into something like you find out that. Usually they're like following a prophecy or right. like they like the last time this happened, we needed this great hero uh, yeah. in the same one. Like, no, he, this dude's literally been going from tavern to tavern going, you know, a guy who kicks ass. Does anybody <laughs> know a guy who kicks ass? He's like, I am. A, I am an interdimensional being right. from an, from another world. I can't do anything here. Can somebody point me in the direction of an ass kicker? Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. And for all he knows, everyone's just pulling a giant prank and sending him to like the local Dwight Schrute for all they know. <laughs> so he gets there and uh, the spinner's really disappointed. And this is this is where yeah. the very disappointed. This is where the, the book kind of I, I like the turn it takes because it's like shown stealth. Uh, if you're talking hero's journey. Uh, Shone Stealth refuses the call. Totally. And refuses the call. He doesn't, he's not going to, he's not going to do it. <laughs> no. And, and admittedly, he has good reason. Like he's he like, I reason. used to, he's like, yeah, I used to be an ass kicker for hire. Absolutely. I have a wife and a kid now. And like, they, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm just not going to go. Anyone who goes to this place never comes back. I, I have to take care of these. I gotta I gotta take care of these kids, man. No one's gonna right. do it for me. Right. You know? Exactly. And so he's uh he's a blacksmith now and he's happy to do it. Yep. And uh if the world ends, then the world ends. But right. he's not gonna right. he, he's not gonna leave his family, you know? No. It's it's that it's that it's like deep impact, you know, with these <laughs> he's Taya Leone sitting on the beach with his dad. Spoilers for a 30-year-old lesser <laughs> of the two uh, meteor movies that came out that year, but yeah, it ends with natural Taylor disaster Lee. movies came out in twos when we were young. For you, kids when we were younger, they came out in pairs every year. And mm -hmm. wouldn't you know it, the Michael Bay movie was better who than Who to Thunk It? Than the, the really dramatic piece with all the heavy hitting actors. Right, it was way up its own ass. It uh, was. It was. Yeah, that's yeah. Mm. 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 And where Michael Bay had Steve Buscemi and. And Bruce Willis and and all that fun. Ben Affleck and and, and Ben Affleck Steven Tyler's and, daughter and yeah and a, yeah. And, a, and a song that would bring the nation together for one summer, one summer for one summer. No one in America wanted to miss a thing. No, no, no. not not miss a goddamn thing. And Aerosmith um, was going to make sure that they didn't have to. <laughs> Aerosmith was going to keep that promise. Um, <laughs> oh god! And that also that was like the last big year for Aerosmith. So you know. yeah, much, that was pretty much it. Then they came up with this fucking Pink song, and it was all over. It was done. It was, it was pretty much a picture wrap on Aerosmith's like on Aerosmith. And they're I mean, they've, they've been around since then, but nobody cares. Like, no one. And nor uh, should they. Nor should they, except on the rock and roller coaster at Disney World. I mean, I mean, well, that's different. That's, that's entirely different. different. 
that's entirely different. If you guys could just sit through us doing like five or six more minutes about the rock and roller coaster, they're paying us about $5,000 each uh, for this promo. That that uh, roller coaster is not designed for anyone over six feet tall. I will say. (laughs) It's rock too hard. It, it rocked and rolled a little too hard for 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 this guy's knees, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my knees were jammed up all into the back of the seat in front of me. It was like, anyway, anyway, the, spin, the spinner is very sad. <laughs> he is. It, it's kind of a weird, like prophet kind of character, isn't it? Like he's like he's like, uh, I came all this way. <laughs> that's literally it. He's like, but dude. <laughs> Dude, like it's it's and it's funny because they describe like they they set him up in these very mysterious ethereal terms. The kids run away from him because one of them sees under his cloak and there's just a void where his face should be. And then five minutes later, he's like, come on, I need you to save the world. <laughs> it's a very weird kind of a, a, a catalyst to our yeah. adventure here. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh, he the spinner is like, all right, fine. And he starts leaving. And then um, he gets uh, tapped on the shoulder by somebody else. And earlier in the scene, uh, Sean Stealth had been talking shit to his apprentice like, hey, give me a <laughs> give me a flagon of ale and all that, all that stuff. Uh, his apprentice, a uh, uh, a lucky go getter up and comer. Uh, Practor Fime. What a name. That's a another name. one. Holy shit. Practor Fime uh, goes to the spinner and volunteers. Bless uh, you. And I sneeze. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Are so you pra- allergic to weird names too? Yeah, I think it's getting to me. Oh, <laughs> the dust is getting to me of these names. Um, so Practor is like, listen, spinner, baby. Uh, I know all the sword shit that 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 Shone knows because he taught me. Uh, a B got no family, None. you know. Uh, and uh, C, um, you you got nobody else. So right, yeah. What other choice do you have, baby? Hey, baby, babe. He is basically babe, Bobola. Bobola. <laughs> I'm your white knight. <laughs> <laughs> And the spinner just goes, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Uh, and uh, the spinner's like, I'm going to look for other people, but you go. Right, <laughs> right. I have no He's guarantee. Like, yeah, I can't stop you, bro. Like, knock yourself yeah, out. I have no guarantee that I'm going to be able to send people after you because <laughs> nobody wants to go. But but I'm going to look for other people. Uh, good luck. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a weird exchange. I it love is. it. I love it, though. Um, chapter two um, basically involves Practor telling Shown that he's quitting and Shown being like, no, you're not. Um, and then Shown locking Practor in his bedroom. <laughs> right. It's a it's a serious like you think about what you've done, young man, kind of moment. <laughs> And so, so Practor decides, okay, well, I got to get out of here. He goes out the window, climbs down. Uh, well, it's not a fire escape, but there's like a, a, a rain gutter thing yeah. on the side of the building that he climbs down. And uh, he's like, well, I'm out. 
and he he escapes and he runs to the inn where his girlfriend Ricency. That is a name. There are a lot of names, but there's that a is lot a particular of, name. There's a lot of names in this. A lot book. of names. Uh, and by he, the way, by the way, I thought it was kind of funny the way they, intro- you know, like they introduce her as just the girl. Like they say, you know, the woman he it was. It's it's kind of sweet, romantic. It's like the girl he was looking for had had brown brown hair and was you know was was full of life and laughter and he was smitten and it's really nice. And but they never say her name and we just find it out from him calling her by her by her name. And it really like, did a name like that really made me go. That's what okay, all right. That's what we're going with. Like, but but Ricency, and I was like, oh, Ricency is her. Okay, Ricency, Ricency. Okay, um, this is this okay. is literally like the game of just like slamming your hand down on the keyboard and like going, ah, oh, that looks like Ricency. Okay, that's the name. That's the name. There we go. Yep. Spending as much time and the character creator as I do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, like, see, uh, rice and see, default face, and yeah. <laughs> spec, charisma, and onward. And moving on. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, rice and see is described as like, she's fine. She's pretty, but not like, you know, she's fine. <laughs> she's, she's like, they may as well, like, she's the girl back home. She's like, the girl back home. She's not a, she's not a stunner, but she's got a sense of humor. She's she's got a smile. Yeah. And and a job. <laughs> and it, which, you know what, would be important to a guy who's about to quit his. Who's yeah, Practor has literally just quit his to go on a fool's errand to yeah. invade Shadowkeep, the one castle nobody ever comes back from. Right. So she's so gonna need gonna to work keep out. that job. This is gonna this is gonna work out. Um, but basically he's like, he's promising her all these things. He's like, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go on this voyage, this trip. He never tells her he's going to Shadow Keep uh, no. because he says he's delivering a message or something. He's like, like that. "Yeah, I'm going to deliver a message to," and the message is to Dalbrad, and it's my foot up his ass. That's the message. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "I don't understand a word of that." Sounds good, baby. Sounds good. Um, and then she basically has to go back to work because she's working at an inn, and the innkeeper right. is like, "Is like, what are you doing?" You know, talking to the customers, get back to work. My 15 minute break is over, sweetie. You got to go. You got to go. Um, so he then goes to find a horse and he goes to an old, the, the stable keeper. His name's Minza, who doesn't own the stables. He just works at them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Minza is, he basically lays out his whole thing to Minza. He's like, I'm going to Shadow Keep. Yada, yada, yada. Need a horse. These are my life savings. And Minza's like, this will get you a mare. Right, um, the mayor over he, there. But then yeah. he pulls the old. But right next to the mayor is this incredibly fast stallion. I, it would be a real shame if someone stole the fuck out of it. It would be a shame if the the, the stallion. It's a really quiet stallion. I mean, Super. I wouldn't definitely hear if the stallion just walked out of here. If and you accidentally took the stallion instead of the mayor nope. that you paid for. Yep, that's, anyway, not a, that's nothing I'm worried about. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm crashing. Uh, so Minza walks away and, and Practor's like, oh man, I thought I could get the stallion. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. He's telling me to get, he's telling me to steal the stallion. <laughs> they give him, they give him, 
in like D and D terms, he takes a whole round to be like, "Oh man," and and he's making me uh, take this this super cool horse and put it in the in the the place right next to the Marin. Hey, wait a minute, that crafty old man. Like a whole beat of just like, oh man, it was fucking. Oh, oh, it dawns on the like the waves of dawning on him. Like, right. Like I feel like it's written this way to show that Practor is, uh, he's not the smartest man in the world. No, no, he's our tank. He's Let's our face tank. He's our tank. He is the blacksmith's apprentice. He knows how to swing a sword and has yep. a whole lot of gumption. Beyond exactly. That, beyond that, he's. He's uh, he's got a lot of gumption. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna use him to pull swarms. That is it. <laughs> so so move on to chapter three, and Practor is is um, he is cutting across. Oh, sorry, I drank too much uh, bubbly water. Now it's all all at once. It's all coming back to you. It's now. all coming back to me now. Um. Just these little song references, just constantly. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a very eighties nineties kind of book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I was waiting for I I tweeted something about how um, I don't know why anybody wrote songs about love after Huey Lewis and the News nailed oh, it with oh. the power of love, and I was waiting, I was waiting for our mutual friend Tim. To yes. say something about Jim Steinman, right? <laughs> oh my God! For for those of you at home, we just celebrated my bachelor party. Uh, at this point, it was a couple of weeks ago, and and it was me and Kevin and some of my other dear friends and our buddy Tim went off on a rant, a long rant about long the, rant. Oh, oh, the wonders of Jim Steinman, uh, the 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 prolific songwriter who wrote. All of Meatloaf's best songs, but probably more, he's more well known for writing a lot of Celine Dion's greatest hits as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. was beautiful. It was <laughs> beautiful. Um, so Jim Steinman, you know what about Jim Steinman? I got nothing. That's I got nothing. I, got nothing. I, I, th- I think he was a beautiful man. And for, yeah. and for the record, ladies and gentlemen, how, how did we spend my bachelor party? We drank some wine and we played like a really epic TTRPG session. Yeah, that's how it was meant to go. That's that's how that's how we do it. That's that how we do it. Awesome weekend. Um, <laughs> it was. It, it was. was so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, chapter three, Proctor. Um, Proctor. What was that character's name? Proctor was the character's name from Police Academy. Proctor that's- is yeah. I keep say, I keep seeing Proctor when I read it. I totally um, keep seeing Proctor. Proctor. <laughs> um, more '80s references that are just it's going, happening, baby. Going this is, this clearly, is, this is how it was meant to be. High and wide over the heads of of anybody younger than thirty. Listening you know, to the, the show, the youthful audience that tunes youthful in audience. for video game novelization podcasts. The youthful <laughs> audience that tunes it, yes, by two aging <laughs> two aging geeks talking about old video game stuff. Um, so Proctor is crossing the Barrens, which is the area outside of their city. Their city's name again was Sassabri. Um, yes, Sassy Sassabri. 
Sassabri is great. It has farmland. It's it's beautiful. And then there's this land called the Barrens, which is just like there's not much there. There's a veldt, um, you know, tall grass and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's just going and he is accosted. He's suddenly accosted by a group of ruse. And ruse. what are what are ruse? They are humanoid kangaroo people. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> do you do you know what I love even more? Because yeah, they're they're these vegetarian yeah. Can- yeah, they're anthropomorph- anthropomorphic kangaroos, which is basically just a kangaroo because you can't get too much more human. They stand no. up and they walk on two legs. Like, yeah, yeah. But I I love it because you find out, we're going to find out shortly that there's another race in this world that is basically elves. They're yeah. for all intents and purpose elves, but they kind of, they, I think he out and out says at one point that these are the three major races in this world, humans, kind of a weird elf society, and kangaroo people. Yeah. Like, that is fucking awesome. I'm down <laughs> for it, you know? I, I, I'm going to develop a, a supplement for this for 5th edition D&D. Yes. Oh, my God. Shadowkeep needs its own, like, it needs its own D&D expansion. I'm in. Right the F now. I am in. Yep. So far, the world building has been on point. And yes. uh, I need I need my ruse in everything now. I want to play a ruse. I want to play a ruse rogue. A ruse rogue. I, yeah, I think that would be fitting, given the, what we know about the ruse. Um, Absolutely. So basically, the ruse accost him, and they're like, "We need a favor from you." Uh, and he's like, "What? Okay, fine." And <laughs> he just goes with it. He just goes with it because there's like ten of them, and he's not going to mm-hmm. fight his way through them anyway. And they take they 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 take him down to his encampment and it seems like they're getting ready for some sort of party or something. And they're like, hey, um, we need you to be to stand in and be our king of the festival uh, tonight. And he's like, "Uh, excuse me, what Uh, what does that entail? And and the our main Rue character, uh, whose name is uh, what is his name? I have. Oh, it's a it's. Uh, Sranul. Yes. Sranul, I think. Um, He basically says, listen, the ruse are like the hobbits. Uh, We have, you know, we basically find any excuse to have a party. (laughs) Yeah. That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and one of our favorite things to do is to go out and like kidnap someone who like they're, cause they're like a nomadic, Romani style society. Right. And one of our favorite things to do is go out and kidnap somebody who isn't from the society and make them the king of the celebration. Yep. And and you've got to like and, and you're hosting us and we're hosting you and you're the king of the celebration. <laughs> and you and your only job is to say, let the festivities begin. Yes. And so they basically have him sit down on like a fake throne or whatever. And he's like, let the festivities begin. And everybody loses their shit. Yeah. And just the wild to- <laughs> rumpus begins. <laughs> like, I got to say, I loved this little detour so much so much for as weird as the names are in this book um (laughs) the the writing is tremendous and the places that 
he goes, Alan Dean Foster goes with the story because as I said, as I, I think I mentioned before, there is no real plot to the game. It's mm-hmm. you got to go to Shadowkeep and kill the thing. And that's pretty much it. And so this is all Alan Dean Foster just making stuff up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, all right, well, you get these these ruse and they like to party. And that's yeah. that's their whole thing. Um, it's like we've barely begun the adventure because you said it perfectly. We barely begun the adventure and already we've got a detour. Yeah. And I'm thrilled about it. Like it is, we, <laughs> he is he has barely started. And instead of continuing on the main path, he is side questing already. <laughs> Pretty much. Which which I think you and I can both relate with. Yeah. Because yeah. you and I are side quester extraordinaires. Exactly. Uh, we I barely I side quest so much that when I finally come back to the main quest line, I'm like 50 levels above it. Yeah. Just roll uh, right just, through it. Just burn <laughs> through the main quest line and get back to more side quests. That's exactly what we start out with here. So he uh, he he's the king of the festivities and they just feed him. They they are just yeah. feeding him piles and piles and piles of food and he is unable to he's like unable to keep eating and he's trying to sneak out and Sranar is like hey buddy you're not supposed to leave we're still you know we're still partying we'll we'll finish partying at like midnight like just just chill yeah yeah you and, have to, at midnight you're good and you can leave if you have to if you have to we, but we literally gonna, get a scene of him like hiding from someone because her food is too good. It's too good and he can't eat any more of it. He just can't do it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so much. This is just this is like this is pure legend willow like like yes. that. Yeah, that era of of fantasy where it's just like. Where they weren't afraid to go with some really goofy kind of races and species, yeah. you know, like nowadays everything's a variation on a dwarf and an elf, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. There's room for that, but this was the time when they were like, "Yeah, kangaroo people, we're doing it." I am surprised that um, he did not write the novelization, but for for Willow. Speaking of, I am also. I mean, he already worked with George Lucas, so yeah. yeah. Uh, you Wayland, think that would be a shoe in? Yeah, Wayland Drew is the. I I read that one. I remember reading that one when I was a kid. Yeah, um, and hey, uh, Willow is getting more. Uh, Willow is being turned into a series. Uh, <sighs> I am coming I'm, up. I'm I'm excited about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my excitement in check as much. Keep as the I expectations can. low, but yep. hey, uh, what's his face? Get his his back as Willow. So yeah. You know, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they they were talking about it on uh, on Oops All Monsters, and they yes. they mentioned like how he just seems like a, a what's his name that actor? He's fantastic. He just seems like a really nice guy who's like super grateful for the the roles he's had. War, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. Apparently, he met his wife on the set of Willow. Huh. Okay. Like, like they, but it's like, but it was weird. Like they met and they were friends for a while, and and then they got married later down the line. It's just fucking yeah, cool, man. That's cute. I love Willow. I'm gonna have to yeah. watch Willow soon. So more Warwick Davis coming along. But hell yes, Warwick Davis is not in this. Um, no. <laughs> So basically, uh, Sranar is like, listen, you know what? Uh, I think also I want to come with you. And uh, and uh, Practor is like, uh, sure, 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I literally cannot stop you. But he does say, it's kind of sweet. He's like, I, I, it is kind of nice for you to come with me because I, I, I didn't realize how lonely this was going yeah, to be. Yeah, this is probably going to be very lonely and I'm going to need some people with me. And, and Right. Uh, so Sranar is like, uh, uh, and traveling companions should be complimentary anyway, because uh, Sranar can move really fast and jump really high, but uh, because of the shape of his body, he can't like crawl on his belly like a human can. Like to it get basically a- describes you know the key to good party balance in D anD. Yeah, he, he's like he's like <laughs> if you're wondering how to balance your party, here's a tutorial. <laughs> right. This is a rope. He can't be he he uh, he can't take a lot of hits, but he can get in some wonderful critical damage. Meanwhile, this tank over here will take the damage for him. Yep. Like just exactly. Um. So uh, the next morning they get up. Uh, they eat a a tremendous breakfast. Absolutely, uh, almost to the point of throwing up again. Uh, and of course, <laughs> they set off on their way. And Sranar is like, "Listen, we got uh." I'm thinking more about Shadowkeep and, you know, we're going to need some a little extra help. We're going to need somebody who can who can I the way he said it made me think it was like see into the future, but it's not seeing into the future. It's basically just they need somebody who's really, really smart and can intuit like yes. what's going to what's going to happen next. Um, and it's not it's not like it's not like a, a mystic who is seeing into the future. Um, and that's where they they he comes up with the idea. And this is we're in. Uh, we're still in chapter three. That's when they yes. come up the idea to travel to the city of Socalia, which is the home of the Thaladar people. And they talk. There's a little aside. Pra- Practor is thinking about how the Thaladars are the descendants of elves. Like, yes. A long time ago, there were elves and eventually through generations, there's the Thaladars who are related to elves, but they're not. They aren't literally the elves. Right. Um, they have the pointy ears and all that, and they live fucking forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, that's what's funny is they are effectively elves. They're like, effectively elves, much, but they're yeah. not the elves of this world. That, they they that live forever. They're kind of wispy. Yeah. Um, the big thing that they push, and I love, this is another detail. This is another bit of world building that I loved. Like they are polite to a fault. Yeah. Like etiquette is, you know, like, uh, at one point, one of the, one of them says, uh, you are being very, um, like not disagreeable, disagreeable. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, (gasps) you know, just, it's, it's. He called him the C word or something like this. Faint, fainting couches are brought out. It's, right. you know, it it's is wonderful. It's it's an amazing moment. Um, so basically, Practor and Sranul and Sranul is as a Rue is very like he is an extrovert's extrovert. He is yes. like, let's let's fucking go, man. Um, and that's another thing is Sranul keeps referring to Practor. He has like. That he ends his sentences with man when he calls practice, yes. which is I feel like he's saying that as like he's just saying that to kind of say Practor is a human like man, like you right. are a man. But in my head, the way Sranol is also written, he really gives me dude vibes. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Like, well, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, that's totally Srannel's vibe. And so him calling him man all the time. And I didn't even think, I just honestly thought it was part of the slang until I noticed that one of the, that the Thanador people started calling him man as well. I was like, oh, they mean like human, mortal, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I loved it. I, I was getting like some Frank Miller vibes, like the way he would write in The Dark Knight Rises, like he wrote the street punks and their weird right. slang and everything. It was that kind of thing. It was, yeah. it was oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they get to Socalia and because Srannel is like that, uh, Srannel is like, Srannel the one who convinced Proctor to go there, but then they get there and, and everybody is just ignoring them. Like right. not even talking to them, just caring about uh, with their business. And um, Srannel's like, like, OK, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a fucking fight with. One of them. That's exactly it. He's so <laughs> sick of it. He's so sick of it. It was his idea. And he's immediately annoyed. <laughs> it takes he's like, like I'm going to fight one of these fucking elves. <laughs> I'm going to punch one of these elves in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, they get interrupted um, by a uh, a female Thaladar uh, who is stunningly beautiful. 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 Just basically stops them in their tracks with her beauty. Um, and we meet her officially in chapter four. Her name is Merald. And she's basically like, you guys are causing a scene and need to follow me. <laughs> yeah. She's like, they're like, you guys they're, are going to get shot. There's like, so. you're, they're just ignoring us. And we're like, they're not ignoring you. They're just not engaging with you. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like the one cool headed person on Twitter. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I'm not engaging with trolls. I'm sorry. That's just yeah. not what they do. So I'm going to slip into your DMs and tell you to get the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Merald is like, all right, come on, guys, follow me. And she takes her to takes them to her, you know, her her crummy apartment. No, I'm sorry. I mean, her <laughs> fucking mansion palace. Her goddamn palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and Proctor and Rue are like, OK, uh, who are you? Are you royalty? And she's like, nah, <laughs> no, we're just we're just they're sages. Her, she comes from a family of sages, which literally their job is advice. That All is the, their whole job. It's just giving advice. Yeah. They and they're paid people, very well for it. And people give them a lot of money for their advice because they're yeah. very good at giving advice. Um, and basically, Merald takes them in and they meet Merald's grandmother. And Merald's grandmother basically gives us a real, outside of the spinner, gives us our first real expedition, ex, exposition dump of the story where she's like, oh, yes, no, the Thaladar people are kind of aware of what's going down at Shadowkeep. Like we're we understand we know something's going down um, and she has been trying to convince the uh, Socalia City Council to like, hey, we need to send a party there to go investigate Shadowkeep. And the Thaladar are like, nah, if we stay in our city, we'll be fine. Like they think right. they think Socalia is basically uh, impregnable. Like they're not going to they're not going to have any issues with with Dalbrad or whatever. If if they um, um, if Dalbrad breaks out of Shadowkeep and starts uh, expanding his reach. So 
they she gives us this like full rundown of of what's going on. And Marold is like, um, like, I can't give you advice on Shadowkeep because no, we haven't been there and we yeah. don't give advice on things we don't know. Um, she's like somebody which, w- which is wow. I wish more people were wow. like that. <laughs> These people are my fucking heroes. <laughs> wow. They don't give advice and opinions on things that which they don't know. I, I feel like there's huh. a there's a I just learned a Latin phrase for that. Hold on. For not knowing. Um, uh, I swear I, 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 I just saw it today, too. Uh, I feel, feel like it was on Twitter, but basically there's a Latin phrase where it's like um, it's it's the philosophy of basically not speaking, uh, giving advice or opinion on things that you don't know. And I'm like, yeah. then I read this today. I was like, holy shit. It's like the same concept. of like, That's exactly it. It, it. It's just like, well, <laughs> this is some kind of this is this is the we, we, we live in a world here that has talking kangaroos. And this is the least realistic thing in the entire <laughs> book so far. So um, the, the grandmother's like, well, I can't go. Uh, but Marold can go because she's young and she's hot and she can handle herself. <laughs> Um, Marold, by the way, being the most normal name we've seen so far. Most normal name we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, so Practor is like vaguely sexist about it. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I thought we could get a man or blah, blah, blah. And then and Marold's like Marold doesn't take the bait. She's no. she just like, you know, uh, she intellectually judos him into being embarrassed. <laughs> she kind of does that thing that I, I've seen people like say that you ought to do, but I've never seen it in person where if someone tells like a racist joke, you feign ignorance and force them to, to explain, explain it. it. Uh, she kind of does that. She's like, oh, it's interesting that you don't think I should do it because I'm a woman. Why is that? Like she basically <laughs> does that. Uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was like, all right, I'm a fan of Merrill. Big time. <laughs> Love her. Um, so they they break down, uh, they they go into to to mission breakdown mode. So uh the grandmother and then Marold's mother, who I didn't write her name down, I feel like it was Farold. Uh <laughs> it, it was something like that. It was. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. It was yeah, they 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 get the grandmother, and then at the last minute they get they were like, Oh, we should do we should do the do the whole family here for a second. Uh, and it's, it is something like feral. It's like feral. Uh, feral. Fer- it's literally feral. It's feral. Okay. Meryl feral and the grandmother basically is like, here's everything we know about shadow keep from what we've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of drop the bomb that like uh, a practor is like, well, where are the men folk? Where are your, you know, I see three generations of women, but and the grandmother's like, yeah, they went to Shadowkeep and died. So (laughs) and they didn't even go. And she points out, she's like, they didn't even go there to like fight. They get they went there to get information. They just went there to investigate and they died. Yeah. And they're (laughs) they are dead. (laughs) So and and Practor's like, ooh, yeah, (laughs) cool. Because I was planning on fighting the demon with my fisty fists. Um, I'm starting to think that might not work out. So they go to bed. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So they crash. Yeah. They crash. It's like that's that's the end of that. Um, they the next day they try to leave uh, Socalia, which every time I see Socalia, I think um, I see I, in my head, I see Scalia as in former <laughs> the like late Justice Scalia. Yeah. The late uh, chief, the late justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Antonin Scalia, that piece of shit. That, that yeah, that garbage human being. He was a garbage piece of shit. He was an amazing writer, but fuck him. Um, oh yeah, he had he had he had probably some of the more entertaining uh, opinions ever written on the Supreme Court. But he was a piece of shit. Piece <laughs> of shit. Um. Anyway, Antonin Scalia. Um, <laughs> they try to leave Antonin Scalia the next day. <laughs> <laughs> we all wished we could. We all wished we could. Um. But RBG stops them. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Supreme Court, huh? Fuck them, right? Fuck them, you know? Fuck them. Whatever. You know? Eh, I so- hope, gosh, Kevin, I sure do hope that this isn't somebody's first uh, episode and uh, they get really upset over our childish liberal ranting. Fuck. Hardy, har, har, them. har. Somebody was saying that, like, we don't, we, we get a little too hung up on uh the institution at like the that an institution continues to exist like nobody is happy with the supreme court nobody likes it nobody Nobody. it's it's got like a a, it's 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 a 20 it had a 25 percent approval rating before the decision yeah um and and yeah like why do we keep it why not why why can't we just like say you're gone you're we're ignoring you moving on gotta move on (laughs) We gotta find a new plan because no one wants to do the work. No one wants no one to do the work. The work. You're, no one wants to actually go in and change the goddamn oil. But you know uh, who does want to do the work, and that oh. is uh, that's that's Nancy Pelosi, uh, and and sending out that email asking for more money. Oh man, when she read that poem, I knew everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be a okay. Ugh. Anyway, they try anyway. to leave Socalia. <laughs> You thought you could escape? You thought you could get a single episode without a leftist rant? Fuck you. (laughs) You naive simpleton. Fuck you. (laughs) That's for you, the guy who rated us one star. (laughs) I I doubt he is still listening. I hope you're still a fan. So they try to leave Socalia. And, they try to uh, leave, yeah, they get a, yeah, they're going. They're on their way out. They're on their way out, and the Thaladar guards are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no. Uh, she can't <laughs> go with you. She's staying here. Um, and this is where Meryl drops the, uh, the uh, what's it, disagreeable, the D word. No, no, no. It's the D word, but it's discourteous. Discourteous. Yes. Being, you are being so discourteous. And- the everyone people, gasps. Everyone gasps at her calling the guard discourteous. I um, fucking love this book so much. <laughs> I want. I want to play one of these characters. I want to make a character based on this, based on like a high elven society where like they'd rather have like bamboo shift, you know, shims like slid up their fingernails than than to be anything like, less than highly polite. That sounds like so much fun. 
What a fun character that would be. Oh, God. So so basically, uh, Practor and Sran will have to leave Marold behind. Uh, they won't let her go. So they, they leave and they're like, well, I guess we tried and we're, you know, it was a long shot anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we gave it our best shot. And later that night, they, they make an encampment and uh, they're sitting there by the fire and they're they're just sitting there talking shit about uh, the the Thaladar uh, people. And uh, and Sranel is like, yeah, she was pre- pretty good for a, a Thaladarian person. And from out of nowhere, Merrill appears and says, you're pretty good for a Rue, too. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and uh, Merrill is like, basically, he's like, yeah, we just, you know, I snuck out at night after my uh, mom and grandma gave the the council of elders a what for about spying on us and and all that stuff and then i just vanished into the night and they're like oh and meanwhile practors having all these impure thoughts um, oh big time he's like, uh, he how quickly has he forgotten about the plain girl with the great laugh back home egg he is he is hot to trot for this girl he is he has forgotten about egg and egg. <laughs> her really? her <laughs> ricency uh ricency which actually sounds like a uh, vitamin deficiency yeah it's yeah. <laughs> we're sorry you uh you, you have ricency but if you eat you know an orange in the morning you should be fine yeah yeah <laughs> i need an orange for my ricency for me ricency <laughs> The girl back home, ricency, may cause liver damage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's like, uh, Proctor is like, hell, God, she is hot, uh, basically. <laughs> God, it's over and over. Like, since he's met her, there's been like one a page where he's like, I'm having impure thoughts again. <laughs> it's just... And she knows it. She fucking knows it. Like she's she's winking and flirting at him and all that. Oh, she's having so much because she's probably like 80 years old, by the way. Oh, yeah. She is so much older than him. She looks she looks his age. She looks like because Practor is like 20. She and she looks the same age as him, but she's like four times. Right. Like when you're a grown ass adult and your buddy's like kid is like you can tell he has like a crush on your on your wife or something like that. And you're like, oh, that's cute. Like, that's clearly what she's like treating him as. And it's like, you better get a get your ass home to to Janice, who 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 can who will not rock your world the way my 80 year old self will. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) she's live. Um, <laughs> and the most gorgeous woman uh, that 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 Practor or Sranel has ever seen, um, yeah. basically. Uh, but no, she's no uh, she's no scurvy. Scur- no. Scurvy is stability. Scurvy, um, scurvy will will scurvy can cook. Yeah, scurvy can scurvy cook. can cook. She's um, she's she's stable. She's there. Yeah, she's she's steady. Uh, she will not wake you up at three in the morning with a gun to your head and your cell phone in your face going, who is this bitch who texted you? And it's your mom. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, six out of ten in bed. So whatever. Yeah, it was very specific, Phil. I just I just I just I'm, I'm really I'm really 
afraid right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so they uh, they wake up the next morning and they get their travel on. And um, they do. And uh, Saraner is like, hold on. Uh, We got some more shit to deal with coming up. And they're like, we don't hear anything. And they continue on through the forest. And Saraner is like, just, you know, keep your wits about you. And they they peek up over a little cliffside that they get to. And wouldn't you know it, in the path they have to continue on, there's goblins fighting. Yep. Like goblins do. Just go goblin. That is what they're known for. Just goblining up. And, you know, um, and I just imagine that these are like the goblins from Rude Tales of Magic that just like they (laughs) that like when you when you kill them, they just like explode into like into like piss and and shit. I want that to be the case. Yeah, I want that. And by the way, why hasn't that campaign supplement been written? Yeah, I need a Rude Tales campaign campaign. Uh, if, If you guys make I will run that game. I'll run the shit out of that game. So uh, and that's how the chapter ends. They're like, basically, they see the goblins off in the distance, the and, and we got a dun 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 goblins. dun. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for uh, the book so far. So far, how you feeling? I love this book so <laughs> fucking much. <laughs> like this is this is like. This is legend. This is Krull. This is like every and and he wrote the goddamn uh, uh, adaptation to Krull. And it's like this is it's like you've got your motley crew of different raced characters. You've got your fighter. You've got your ranger rogue kind of character. And you've got a mage of some sort. But she's not even really a mage. She's just smart. Uh, so we're not even getting into magic just yet, if that even exists in this world. Right. But it's like we are just gathering our party and going on an adventure. It's simple. It is straightforward. And I'm just having so much fun with it so far. Yeah, I love it. What I, about you? I, I love it so far. It's really fun. I mean, the characters are the characters have so much life to them. Yes. Uh, you can you can really each of them is distinct in their own way. Uh, Practor is basically this naive, but it's got a lot of uh, piss and vinegar. Um, yeah. Uh, young, dumb, and full of cum uh, Practor, <laughs> basically. Uh, he's ready to go kill some demons. And then you got yep. Sranel, who is just uh, a party dude, you know. He's he's your. He's the Michelangelo. I was about to say he's the Michelangelo. (laughs) (laughs) And you got Merald, who is, uh, I guess, the Donatello of very much. Yeah, I'd say the clever, but with more sex appeal. Um, Mm. Yeah, she's like Donatello plus Raphael. Because you know Raphael. Yeah, fucks. there you go. Raphael there you fucks. Go. Uh, so it's I Donat- love, oh god. Because yeah, there's Raphael. only three. There's only three of them. So you got to merge Raphael and Donatello and I mean, and Practor's Leonardo. Um, but yeah. with less leadership skills. And yeah, exactly. Less of still literally. still kind of wholesome and sweet. Kind of wholesome, but, you know, just less talented in most metrics compared to Leonardo. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And that's pretty our party. Much. That I think that's our, that's our party so far. I think I don't that know. might be it. I don't yeah. know if they're going to get any more uh, on now, their in way. In the game, you get like 10 party members, don't you? You get, I think you get a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think we're, I think we're, I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. Three is a nice number. Yeah, it's a strong, it's a nice number. round number. It's a nice... And, and and our next chapter is clearly leading to some combat or or a confrontation of some sort. Right. So I think I think we're good on PCs. 
yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it too. So uh, uh, we're going to keep reading through Shadowkeep. Now for our new favorite segment. What are you playing? Hell yes. So what are you playing, Phil? Uh, I am about, I'm just about wrapped up with Dead Space 3 right now. Oh, nice. I uh, Yeah, when we started reading uh, the Dead Space novel last year, I that was a blind spot for me with horror games. And I'm, I'm a big nerd for horror uh, so as I mentioned, I think on the show, I, I, I played through one and two. Yep. Uh, and, and then I kind of put off three and, uh, but, you know, you hear that I, I'd heard that three is just a real, you know, piece of shit compared to one and two and everything like that. And, yeah. and I gotta say, it's not great. Um, yeah, but not bad either. It's, it's like, yeah, it's not great. It's, it, it pales, especially when you compare it to two. But yes, two is the MVP. No as question. you, uh, when you basically look at it in a vacuum, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's good. No, yeah. I, and and part of it, I think, is 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 when you compare its microtransaction bullshit, and yeah. it is bullshit. Yeah. Um, to which how doesn't even work nowadays. Now. Yeah, you can't even do well, the microtransactions yeah. anymore because the the like that's the the problem is like the game was built around these microtransactions. Yeah. And uh, the I don't even think the servers work for those. And, 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 but the thing for me is that in Dead Space, I was never I kind of stuck to like the shotgun uh, weapon and the and just the regular. Uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, uh, the. Yeah, uh, I know yeah. what you mean. The- I, I, I stuck to those. It's just a shotgun to take care of the little scatter monsters and. And otherwise, I was perfectly good with the the original gun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think I think the thing that is annoying the fuck out of me in the third one is the plot line of basically people willing to have their entire team and mission die horrifically because you're jealous of your girlfriend's ex. Yep. Uh, I think that's almost as fucking stupid as. Uh, treating a character whose plot line was largely wrapped up in a previous franchise and acting like her, she's still crazy and murdering a bunch of people in callous and cruel ways. Uh, even though her plot line was wrapped up nicely, just because you wanted to make your own version of the dark goddamn Phoenix. Sorry. I may have watched the new Dr. Strange movie and uh, I was less than <laughs> impressed with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also playing the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, great! Uh, <laughs> that you that you purchased for me for uh, for my yeah, bachelor party yeah, weekend. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, Is it's it... great. Yeah, <laughs> it's, good. It's so much fun. Um, it, it's like this great kind of amalgamation of you know Turtles in Time and the Turtles the arcade game yeah. with a lot of its own stuff. Yeah, and. Um, well, it's really heavily based in the cartoon and it's really goofy and funny and it feels it's a blast to play. Um, and you can do it really simple button mashy style if you want. Uh, but you could, but they've also put in like dodges and, and, um, you know, not parries or anything like that, but it's a, it's more complex if you want it to be, but you absolutely don't need to if you want, if you want to just get in there and, you know, shove a quarter in your, in your, uh, desktop and, yeah. and you know, yeah. Beat, beat some foot soldiers asses it's it's a great option so that's awesome and I, you get really you can you uh, i saw you can uh play as uh 
either Casey Jones or April O'Neil as well. Yes, you've got Splinter and April O'Neil, and eventually you can unlock Casey Jones. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, it's fun. It's it's really it, it's just it's a terrific like spiritual successor. It feels good to play. It doesn't. It's not up its own ass. It's great. It's great. Uh, what about you? What are you playing? You know what's funny, by the way, is yeah, is Casey Jones. I assume is a. I I it, I didn't put it together until recently that Casey Jones was a knockoff of the DC Comics villain Sportsmaster. I believe was he. I knew about the Ronin stuff and the and the Daredevil stuff. I didn't know about the Sportsmaster thing. Just Google Sportsmaster. Just okay. like just take just take a it's moment. A DC villain. He's a DC villain. Yeah. Villain sports master. Lawrence Crusher Croc. What a name. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. That's totally. <laughs> God, that hockey mask and everything. Yep. <laughs> wow. Like, I know that, that when they made Ninja Turtles, they were making fun of the Daredevil arc that was going on at the time. Like, uh, instead okay. of the hand, it's the foot. And right. But I never noticed this. Oh, that's funny. Oh, he's been around for a long time, too. Holy shit. Yeah. First appearance, All-American Comics, number 85 in 1947. Holy cow. Yep. Yeah. So, Sportsmaster, I believe, <laughs> is the inspiration for Casey Jones. I'm not, I, I'm not, I could be wrong, but, you know, like, the visuals, like, dead on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, Yeah. It's like gone a little more futuristic at times with him, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, okay. What have I been playing? I'm trying to remember what I talked to you about last time. Did I tell tell you about Neon White? No, but I saw that you posted a review of it on our Steam group. Yes. Pixelit Steam group, ladies and gentlemen. We have a Steam curator page now and a Steam group. So uh, right. you, can, you can follow our curation and uh, join our Steam group. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm not ne- familiar with this game. So Neon White is a first person speed running game. Uh, if you know of Mirror's Edge, it has yeah. gameplay similar to Mirror's Edge. But the point is to try to get through these levels as fast as possible. OK, um, so it's I called it. um I called it an asynchronous racing game. Uh, basically, you're you have these you can beat the level in a certain time and you get a certain rank and you're compared against all your friends and all that stuff. Um, so it's like you're racing each other, but you're never playing at the same time. Um, right. But it's 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 a first person platforming speed running game. And it's it's really cool. Story is terrible. Dialogue is terrible. <laughs> like just you can mostly skip it. Um, that's not what you're here for. That's not what you're here for. Uh, yeah. So neon white, I gave it a thumbs up, even though I would legitimately say, just ignore most of what is happening in the plots. (laughs) Um, just so you can skip through and get back to playing the sweet, sweet platforming goodness. Um, so I've beat neon white and, uh, then this past week I beat the quarry. Oh, how'd you like that? That looked great. That looks like a lot of fun. I loved the quarry. It is the spiritual successor, supermassive spiritual successor to Until Dawn, 
And, Loved Until Dawn. And it's not like Supermassive hasn't been doing things in between Until Dawn and, and, and The Quarry. They've been putting out, it feels like every year, they've been putting out a game in their uh, little horror anthology, uh, Dark Pictures anthology, uh, yeah, like Man yeah. of Medan. Man and, of Medan. And uh, the most recent one was House of Ashes. Um, House of Ashes was was really good. That was a really okay. solid game. Uh, I love The Quarry, though. It is set in a summer camp. It's present day, and up, it's in upstate New York. Um, basically, there are uh, werewolves out there, uh, and it's bad news, man. And you got to try to you got to try to save all the kids. And uh, I played through the game completely once so far, and I just started a second playthrough the other day. Uh, I nice. I you went right back into it. Uh, I I took a couple days, then I went back into it. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. And I'm trying like different options because I killed three kids. Got mm-hmm. got. I lost three kids um, out of. Out of the, so it actually tallies also the NPCs that you can keep alive as well. Okay. Um, okay. So there's, and I also, so yeah, I lost three of the counselors and uh, out of seven. So I think there was only okay. four left. Hey, that's passing. That's um, passing. Or nine, actually nine total. Um, Even so there's, better. So there's, I think six of the counselors left. And then um, what happens? Uh, oh, um, th- there is like five NPC characters that you can keep alive. And but they all died. <laughs> oh, shit. OK. All right. <laughs> so uh, okay, maybe not that great. Then okay, not, a, got it. not a great rating on that one. So I'm trying it again, making some different decisions. Um, How long only, did it take you to run through the first time? It's like 10 hours. Okay, and probably even shorter than that. I think some of that is like me like leaving the pause on for a couple hours or an Mm -hmm. hour or two. Um, The only problem with it I I have so far is that it doesn't allow you to kind of like fast forward through some of the dialogue. Sure. And just like like I just need to get to the choice because I know I'm making the opposite choice this time. I don't need to hear all the dialogue again. Right. Um, Right. But other than that, yeah, I really like the quarry. It was uh, it's a good time. And I'm on my second playthrough right now and trying to get all the clues and all the collectibles and and stuff like that. So going that quickly into a second playthrough to me is always one of the best like recommendations. I think a game. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I got to do it. I do have one of the rarest um, achievements for the game, though, apparently. I don't know how I got it. It's one. It's an achievement called Nobody's Fool. And basically, this one character tells another character the truth about the situation that they're in. And apparently, I think it's so rare because you have to have made a certain set of decisions. So you just stumbled into it. I stumbled into it. These characters. (laughs) Basically, I think otherwise, these two characters would not be in the situation where one admits to the like they wouldn't even be together in this one spot otherwise so um yeah that's basically i love when that happens so i I ended up with this really rare achievement only four percent of players have gotten it um (laughs) so that that happens to be so frequently where it's just like you got this achievement oh great good and you look and you're like oh I'm one of four people with this one. <laughs> Can't believe I pulled that off. Um, 
Otherwise, I dipped back into Vampire Survivors a little bit. Uh, Same. Because I had to. Uh, they updated it, so I had to. Oh, and I also finally started playing Cruelty Squad. <gasps> How do you like it? I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's weird. It is. Um, just just no. <laughs> and so it's it, I can't describe the feeling of playing Cruelty Squad adequately. It's such a mind fuck. Kinda. It is like the amount of effort put into the game to make it look like that is astounding. And the gameplay has a lot of good elements to it. There's a lot of there's some wonkiness to the controls. That's also probably intentional. Uh, everything about it is it's like a it's a thesis on intentionality. You know, it's like okay, everything you're seeing is done specifically to evoke an emotion that's not necessarily fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, that's the name that's the name <laughs> cruelty squad and basically yeah it's an immersive sim it's got 13 levels i you know i'm i beat the first level and i started on the second and i think i'm just going to play through it and see what's up but it is it i might is, pass on this one no you don't i i don't play it um yeah i don't i don't think this is for i don't think for it's for you phil I don't think it's yeah. for for you. Um, this doesn't feel like a Phil game. This um, doesn't feel like no. I does not. I don't. I think normally I have a pretty I think we're good. Uh, normally I have a pretty good sense for Phil games and and yeah. squad. <laughs> you t- you do not a Phil game. <laughs> you've 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 typically called it pretty well, and this doesn't. I think this is this is one of those things where I just kind of throw my hands up. The, the Seinfeld gift is nope. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I've been playing recently. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll do it for tonight's episode. If you can, if you have the wherewithal to the gumption, the moxie, please follow us on social media at pixelit pod on both Twitter and Instagram and, uh, give a visit to our website, pixelitpod.com dot com where you can read transcripts of every episode i post transcripts of the episode sure they're automated sure they have some wild misspellings of some of the things we say but oh it's fun to read those things it is the best i can do for an hour and a half of content every week is is to use premieres uh automated transcripts and do it no it's it's there for you uh, so check out the transcript on transcripts on Pixlet Pod. You, from there, you can find links to our Discord. I do have to add a link to our Steam group on the website. So oh yeah, yeah, totally. direct a direct link, direct link from the, the the website to the Steam group. Uh, but yeah, so that uh, yeah, PixletPod.com. Check it out and rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple. Or if your podcatcher has a rating system, please rate us five stars on that. It really helps us out. And what helps us out the most is sharing. Word of mouth is how podcasts grow. Uh, Sharing is caring, people. Sharing is caring. Until next week, have a good night, everybody. Bye.